This morning, we are starting a new mini-series. Since Christmas, we've been doing a series on one another and how we as the body should be treating each other. And then last weekend, as Kara said, was the reason that we do that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and his life in us. And also because of that gift that he's given us. We're going to enter into this series on stewardship. And it doesn't mean just money, if that's where our mind goes right away. That's part of it. But it's also our story. It's our gifts. It's our time and our financial resources. And so in preparation for this series, we want to pray as a congregation um, this prayer. And it's a responsive reading, so I will be reading uh, the print, the bold print, and ask you as a congregation to then follow up in the, the finer print. So let's do it. Father in heaven, you are generous. There is nothing we have that you have not given us. Our world thrives on greed and scarcity, on grasping for more and fearing that there won't be enough. Jesus, your kingdom is not this way. Instead, it is built on abundance. And scarcity. Spirit, you freely give of your gifts. Empower us to do the same. Amen. So Pastor Wes is going to be uh, presenting our first message, and so we welcome him. Hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> you can call me Reverend Wester. That's my new name. We're just going to leave this over here. The first service was packed, let me tell you, because we all know that the Oilers are playing right now. So because of that, uh, you guys are now the holy service, that you're here instead. And so um, because there's a game going on, there's some new rules to this service. Um, there will be no updates given from the stage or anywhere else. You won't be using your phone to check any updates on the game, just using it for the Bible app. And uh, you guys all laugh, but I'm not joking, all right? You will be escorted out of here so fast. Um, thank you guys for being here. We're going to have a good time. Uh, thanks for uh, joining with us in, during this time of transition. For some of you guys who may be newer to our church or brand new today, uh, we welcome you. Um, we're kind of just on this journey right now and, uh, and expecting who God will bring next to lead our church. And so uh, would you continue to pray with us and pray for us for our next lead pastor? Um, and one of those opportunities comes tonight. You guys can come and join us at 6 p.m. for our transition prayer gathering. And there's going to be child care during this time as well. So come pray with us tonight at 6 o'clock. It's only about an hour, and uh, it's going to be a good time together. So um, we also have the results of our lead pastor survey that 230 of you guys completed. If you guys are interested in those results, you can check them out at the information center. And uh, we just did our last town hall meeting yesterday. And again, we're just so thankful that you guys are 
journeying with us together. It's not just uh, the staff team and the elders that are um, going through this transition, but we, we together as a church are uh, embarking on this together, and we need you. Um, and so one of the things that we identified yesterday as a strength of our church is this strong tradition that, that of ministry that happens here. And, uh, and I have been a personal uh, benefactor of that uh, with just hearing the many stories that are around here, the people that are sitting around you, and, uh, and I'm just so thankful for that. And so you've really encouraged me, and those stories need to be shared. Um, I'm going to invite Kara to uh, come help me read our scripture this morning. And as she's coming up, actually, um, I wasn't able to be um, in here singing uh, during the first service because I was preparing, but uh, I heard in my office this song, uh, This I Believe. And so we were singing, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son. And uh, it brought me back to um, Japan. I was in Japan traveling, and at that time I had just discovered this song. And so uh, I had my earphones on, and I was on the train, and I'm just, the song is on repeat. And it's just, so whenever I hear that song, I think of Japan. And in Japan, um, it's one of the least uh, Christian nations that you can think of, right? There's not a lot of churches. Um, the gospel is, is not being shared. And, uh, and I was just like, man, this, this place needs Christ. And so I just kept hearing this song, hearing this song. And uh, God brought me to this, uh, I, I won't say God brought me. I snuck into this hotel. And, um, and I just went to like the top floor to get a good view of, of this, of the city. And so I, I go up to the top floor and I'm sitting and it turns out it's kind of like this meeting room and this chapel. And I took a picture of this because in the window, so you think of Japan like skyline, like way up, right? And you see, oversee the city and there was this cross in the window. And man, I was just so thankful. This reminded me that God is here, that he still loves these people and he's over this nation. And so um, that reminded me of Japan. And so... Um, Kara, I'm just going to ask you to read John chapter 4. So we're, our reading comes today from John chapter 4. It's the fourth gospel in the New Testament. Um, and we're reading from verses 1 to 42. We're going to read in the New Living Translation. I believe it's going to be on the screen as well. So if you guys want to turn to John chapter 4, uh, we're going to read from verses 1 to 42, or Kara's going to read for us, actually. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, 
If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. 
Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Thank you, Kara. Uh, It's great to experience scripture differently. Uh, So in your devotional reading, uh, sometimes uh, even in the Bible app, you can like push a play button and it'll read it to you. And sometimes we experience uh, scripture differently by having it read to us, Uh, closing your eyes and picturing us. And you can see in this scene uh, where you could insert yourself or um, from the perspective of of the woman or of Jesus or the disciples. It's a a new way to, or a technique that you guys can use to change up your your Bible reading. And so uh, John chapter four here, we see Jesus is traveling back to Galilee from Judea. He has to go through Samaria, and it's in the middle of the day, and needs to take a break. His disciples, his followers, uh, they go to get food, and we have this interesting encounter between Jesus and a woman from Samaria. So there's a woman at the well in the middle of the day. Interesting. Jesus is asking this lady for a drink. Also interesting. And Jesus had to go through Samaria. Interesting. So we already see in these first verses that this encounter between Jesus and a Samaritan woman is interesting. In the later verses, we even get that impression. So when the disciples come back from getting food, they kind of murmur to each other, I just say, like, why is he talking to this lady? And what could they be talking about? Actually, um, you know, we also see that this woman is at the well about midday, it says. And from our understanding of cultural and historical traditions of that time, women typically drew water in groups in the morning. It was often a social occasion. The fact that she is drawing alone and in the middle of the day when it's hot out probably indicates that she's a social outcast. Then interesting, Jesus asks this lady for a drink. Also in that time, men and women did not talk to each other. So we jump down to verse 9, and it says, The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Everything about this encounter is not supposed to happen. We have Jews, and we have Samaritans. We have a Jew in Samaria. A man talking to a woman. It's like Jesus is over here and he's talking to this lady that's wearing a red jersey with flames on it. Too easy, right? Jesus is asking 
a lady for a drink. They really have nothing to do with each other. We couldn't have two more opposite people in this story. The Jews on one side, the Samaritans on the other, Jesus, holy, righteous, and then this woman. So right away in the beginning of these verses, it's established that there is this great divide between Jews and Samaritans. But Jesus has an encounter with this woman at the well and asks her for a drink. Jesus goes on to tell her why she's really at this well and what she is seeking. Because we know it's midday, we know it's hot out, that women usually go to the water, to, to the well to get water in the morning. We know that Jesus came to meet this lady in her mess. She was an outcast. He tells her what she's really seeking. She's seeking more. She's seeking water that will last. She's seeking eternal life. And then he goes on and says, go get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, I know. You see, he knew her mess and he still reached out to her. His response was to offer her living water, eternal life. And he says to her, here I am. I am the Messiah. I believe if we're going to steward our story well, we need to be reminded of our story. Do you remember when Jesus met you at the well? Do you remember when Jesus first met you at the well? At the end of our service here, we'll have a time of response where we'll, we'll spend some time remembering our story. And, uh, and I think that's it's a really good practice. And it's one of the opportunities that we have once a month here at the church as well when we do a communion service. When we look at the, the cross and remember that Jesus died for me. So what was a typical day at the well getting water became life-changing through this interesting encounter with Jesus. It's here in the movie you see this lady shouting at the top of her lungs, come and see. Verse 28, 28, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. And then the picture breaks, and it's Jesus' buddies coming back with food, and they, being very human, ask him to eat, and Jesus instead uses the opportunity to teach him about the kingdom. And he says, I have food you know nothing about. So verse 34, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and fruit they harvest are people, excuse me, 
and the fruit they harvest as people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits for both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work, and now you get to gather the harvest. You see, you and I are part of the story of God. You're invited. And God is the main character, it's not us. God is saying, wake up and look around. Tell them about me. Invite them to our Easter service. By the way, I heard it was lit in here last week. It was packed. Thank you guys for inviting your friends. Thank you for inviting and thank you for volunteering and thank you for staying around and being part of our family here. Share your testimony. Share an answered prayer. Tell your neighbors. Tell your coworkers. Tell your children. Tell your kids' friends. Tell their parents. Is anyone here looking for more joy in their life? The verses say, it's waiting for you. Tell someone about Jesus. I cannot express enough the joy when someone moves from death to life. From being lost to being found, blind to now seeing. There's a party in heaven every time that happens. It happened when you gave your life to Jesus. And we need to be doing that more. Um, as I led a I lead a group of emerging adults on Tuesday nights, and uh, we are doing a study called The People of the Fine Print. You can find this on Right Now Media. And we were challenged to share our story. And so as I'm preparing for this, okay, I'm going to ask them, when was the last time you shared your story? And as I'm preparing, God asked me, when's the last time you shared your story? Now I'm going to ask you, when's the last time you shared your story? If you have to think about it, probably been too long. Tell you that right now, and that was my case. And so as we gather for prayer at the end of our group here, the group of guys and I, uh, we're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to ask God for the opportunity to share our story, the words to give us. How long do you guys need? And so I turned it on them. I was just like, you guys, you guys decide. A couple months, a month, six weeks, a week. Why not today? And so we prayed for each other. It was our prayer that we would have the opportunity and the words to share our story this week to somebody. When's the last time you shared Jesus with somebody? Verse 39, it says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the women had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed there for two days, long enough for many to hear the message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. 
Now we know that he indeed is the savior of the world. Isn't that awesome? This one lady, a social outcast, has an encounter with Jesus and goes and tells, runs into Whispering Ridge, come and see, and they start coming. The story of the woman at the well is a rich example of love, truth, redemption, and acceptance. Do you know someone like that? I wish we had mirrors to give out because that's your story. This beautiful story resulted in many, many, many people coming to faith to come to know Jesus in a personal way. Are we not encouraged? And so why would it be that some of us are so hesitant to share our story? I think number one is we believe that people don't want to hear it. Isn't that true? You think about your coworkers, you think about people in the street, someone at the grocery store getting gas, whatever it is, they don't want to hear it. And actually, there was a recent study um, out of some students out of the University of Alberta, and they were asked, if somebody, if a Christian came to you and asked you, could they share their story with you, would you say yes? And what do you guys think is the percentage of people that said yes, that they would want to hear their story, or they would be okay hearing their story? Any guesses? 80? 93, 5, okay. I thought it would be super low, but it was over 80%. And so even over 80% tells me they don't, they're not just okay with you sharing your story. They want to hear it. For some of us, we think, well, who am I? I'm not famous. I don't have any great story. I'm not accomplished, or I'm not good enough. Or some of us have disqualified ourselves because you don't, you don't know what I've done or what I've done lately. And the truth is you would be disqualified if the story was about you, but it's not. It's about God. And we know that God is the God of second chances, of third chances, a fourth chances, so many that we can't count. And maybe today you need a, another well experience. There should be a sign in our churches that say, no perfect people allowed. And uh, if you think you're in the wrong place, well, this is, this is, this is the body of Christ. This story of the woman at the well is our story, and it needs to be shared. And actually, I know because I have had the privilege of being here for many years, um, I know many of your stories. Thank you for sharing them with me. And not all of them are mountaintop experiences. We've walked through infertility. We've walked through children walking away. We've walked through death. 
but these are our stories and we walk together. Some of us think that our story is not that good. I remember hearing these pastors and these preachers that would talk about like these near-death experiences and God saved them and wow, like I, can't, I have to give my life to Christ. And I'm like, my story is not that good, man. I'm just a kid that grew up in a Chinese restaurant that someone invited us to church and loved me and didn't even know who the heck I was. But there are more people that grew up in a Chinese restaurant that were saved from a car crash. I just want to share with you, I'm just so encouraged by, by the stories in this room. My emerging adults, they encourage me every week to see what God is doing in their life. Uh, again, the privilege of being here for so long is to see some of your kids grow and move on and go to Bible college or to... Um, uh, go on and get married and, and uh, to go on and continue serving in the church. It's been awesome. God has done some really cool things around here. So I encourage you guys to share those stories with each other. But this is for all of us. God has done a great work in all of us. God has answered your prayers. He's answered my prayers. He's been good to me. And I got to tell somebody. So do you remember when Jesus first met you at the well? Way back in the beginning, it said he had to pass through Samaria. It wasn't like there was like this tire in the middle of the desert that said donuts and I had to make a pit stop. Right, or these amazing tacos that I, so this is, I'm talking about my own trips. If there's like good food, I'm going to stop, right? Um, Jesus had to go through Samaria to find this woman. He came for you and he came for me to find us in our mess, in our loneliness, in our selfishness, in our wandering in our pursuit of friends or prestige or money or success. And the thing is, he knew. He knew you before you even knew him. Yet he still came. He pursued us. He loved us enough to help us recognize our human nature and to help us confess it. And what did he do even though he knew our mess, our sin? He offered us a relationship with Jesus and eternal life. As we move into a time of response, I'm going to invite Josh to come and share some music with us. Uh, actually, this is uh, Sermon 2.0. We, we had the first one in the first service, and they, they only get the, the first version. But um, one of the cool stories that I get to share with you now is uh, this kid had just come back from being out of town. And, uh, and I shared with him, he was going to another city, and I, I, one of the things I love to do when I travel is to visit other churches. And I said, he's, so we went to this city to move there for a few months, and I said, you gotta go check out this church. It's pretty cool. And uh, so I've, this is the first time I've seen him in several months. And he came up to me with the biggest smile. And he told me, you remember that church you told me to go to? I went there. 
has been life-changing for me. Like, you can't make up this stuff, man. The smile on his face. I remember walking with him and him wanting this and having a dream and believing that God has called him to do this and it wasn't happening for him. Months later, I get to baptize this kid and he takes off and then he comes back today and he has a big smile. He's like, we're going to catch up. I've got stories and man, I can't wait. You have no idea the impact that God is going to use your story to change someone's life. So in this time of response, I want to just give you guys a few minutes to first remember your own story. Would you guys do that with me? So you might want to close your eyes or just stare at the floor and just think about the first time that Jesus met you at the well. thank God for your story. You were once lost, but now you are found. You were once dead, and now you're alive. I pray that even in remembering your own story, before we share it with someone else, that there's joy there. Sometimes it's, it's, it's easy to forget, right? Like, that happened a long time ago but what keeps it fresh is to share it with other people. To give thanks to God because your life is forever changed. The old is gone and the new has come. Sometimes we forget that. We forget that we are subject, we are no longer subject to the rules of this world. That my eternal home is waiting for me and I have no fear. some of you guys who might be feeling disqualified and there's going to be some people up here that are going to be uh, willing to pray with you and so I invite them now if you want to come up and um, come be prayed for because Jesus is here 
and this encounter is for you. So in closing, your story is worth telling. God wants you to tell your story. Church, we need you to share your story. Before Christ ascended, he said that you are going to do even greater things than I have. I do not have the reach that you have. I do not, I can't go into all the circles that you guys are in. I don't have the neighbors, but you do. Share your story today. We're going to ask God to give us the opportunity to give us the words. Would you share your story even today, this week? God, who do you want me to share this with? And you don't have to tell me your whole life story. You can just share about how he answered your prayer. Share how he's met you today. I'm going to give you that opportunity here. There's no better place to practice than here, so we're going to lock the doors. And uh, we'll open them up back in about an hour or so, and then you guys will have had good practice. A few next steps for you guys. Uh, one might be to go back and read John chapter 4 and see where are you in this story. Uh, we have something called Right Now Media. You just need to email us or put it on a contact uh, connect card and uh, give us your email address. It's a Netflix for Christians like. Um, one of the series that we did was called People of the Fine Print where no story is too small. No role is too small that all of us are written into God's story if we will allow it. Or your next part of your story might be attending soul care where you could encounter Jesus more deeply and that's happening here at the church from May 4th to 7th and the last day to register is May the 1st. And so what's your next step? I would love to hear your story. Apparently, I'm cooking Chinese food for a whole bunch of people from the first service. And I said, well, the condition is you're going to share your story. But uh, my calendar is getting full. So start booking with some other people here. We want to hear your story. And I remember walking out of a small group. And I sat in my car and I just wept. Because I said, like, this is what life is about as I got to know these people. So this is when I was brand new to the church and I was visiting this group and I was just like, wow, I just met these incredible people and each of them a different story. And that's the beauty of the church. That's why you're not supposed to do this journey alone. And your story is as good as the person who's sharing theirs with yours. So do that together. I'm going to invite you guys to stand. Let's pray and uh, receive the benediction. God, we're just so thankful to be a part of your story. Thank you for bringing each and every person here today to have an encounter with you. Thank you for our past encounters with you. Whether we knew it or not, you met us. You loved us. And you're still loving us today. God, thank you that your mercies never end, that you're good and that you're gracious and you love us 
more than anyone else could. And we're going to live forever with you. And so, God, um, would we be excited? Would we tell everyone we know this hope that we have in Jesus? So give us people, bring people to mind this week. Give us the words, give us the confidence to do so, not because our story is great, but because yours is. And so we give you thanks, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And benediction from Ephesians says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout 